0: It's time for another retro throwback sidetrack bonus episode of The Hive Jive. This episode of The Hive Jive, titled Ice Chest Bees and Crazy Swarms, originally aired on Patreon on June 4th, 2020. Spoiler, they don't make it. <laughs> Enjoy. Enjoy.
1: Hey, all you Hive Jive junkies out there, it's that time again. Join our hosts, John Swan and Ken Milam, for another bonus edition of The Hive Jive.
0: Now that we've got that all established, um, so... This week for the main segment, we did the listener questions episode, and uh, I, I almost didn't think we were going to make it through it. There, uh, it didn't seem like there were that many questions. There were only, I think, I printed up like six or something like that. I didn't even um, go to sleep during that segment. <laughs> I have no proof of that. Shannon's the only one that can say yay or nay to that because I can't see you. So. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely but that's relaxed. good if you, if you didn't because you were laughing. It was relaxed. Yeah. Oh, he relaxed. was relaxed. Yeah. Sometimes that relaxing leads to uh, you know head drops and snoring. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> it has. No. Yeah. So, uh, but we we did make it through it. It uh, it definitely went a little bit longer than I thought it would. And um, but we managed to get him in there. Uh, the one thing though, we did we mentioned a few things that I don't think that we've actually talked about on the main segments as of yet. Um, but you you dropped a couple little hints in there for both of us. Um, you mentioned that you had went and captured a ice chest full of bees. Yeah, and it died, but yeah, yeah. Well, I'll let you go ahead and tell because, like, I don't I don't think prior to you just making that comment in passing, I don't think that we've actually talked about that.
1: No, we haven't. Uh-uh well go for it oh you want me to
0: tell you okay well uh
1: city of burnett called me and said hey we got an ice chest out here that's full of bees and i'm sitting there okay uh she said oh it's an old ice chest you can have it it's sitting uh right beside a piece of our property we were mowing and they came out and got him i'm sitting there. oh damn these are going to be africanized they wasn't africanized bees And They they were just don't like lawnmowers. They didn't like lawnmowers. And, you know, when I asked the gal, I says, well, how close did they get? Oh, he got within three or four feet, and there's only two bees stung him. I'm sitting there, two bees? These weren't Africanized bees because if they were, they would have emptied the the hive out. The whole colony would have been on him and but no once i got there and checked them out and i walked up there and i had my suit john would be proud of me i had my suit completely on i had everything i walked up there i looked down there and i said, "Huh, these bees ain't bad they ain't coming after me i had my smoker i had everything ready to go and good job yeah and then they were just hey how you doing okay So I says, okay, how am I going to do this? So I had me a big cardboard box. I went in there, picked it up, put it in my cardboard box. And I, you couldn't open it because it was upside down. The lid was down. So, and that's the bad part about this. I wished I could have kept it. Uh, I, I picked it up, lid side down, put it in my, in my truck and, uh, In a box, of course, and I put it in the wrong direction. If I'd have known it was a top bar inside, that's how they set up.
0: It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be a top bar. Anything that you find in nature is going to be free-hanging comb. It's not going to come equipped with frames.
1: (laughs) Well, I knew that, but I figured, well, they would be connected to the sides and all kinds of stuff. But no, they were all just hanging from the bottom that was the top and just just layer after layer. They wasn't circled. They wouldn't attach to the sides. I mean, it was a top bar frame, a top bar hive. And in other words, they had straight comb. Straight comb, yes. I put it in the truck and I put it the wrong direction. Every time I hit the brake or goosed it, it, it swayed. And it yeah. all broke down, fell down, and it was a mess. Then after that, they absconded, and they didn't go into one of my traps. But oh well. And, but uh, when I got them to the mic, to the, to the, uh, uh, my quarantine yard, and uh, I noticed they were all outside inside the box. and I said, "Well, it's hot in there," and it probably was. It was in an ice chest, and that comb was even probably softer than it normally is because it was hot that day and i put them in a box and you know uh, a cardboard box sealed it so they couldn't get out got them to the quarantine yard and i had slid it in you know where they were swinging back and forth if i'd have known i'd have turned it the other way where you know it wouldn't have hurt and i'd have got home but i didn't and so i have learned something. Next time I get an ice chest, I turn
0: it uh, sideways. Well, yeah, you you basically, anytime you're moving anything with freestanding comb, you want to put the comb, um, so the way that the comb is attached, if it's attached running long ways, then you want to put it into your vehicle in that same orientation so that it is parallel with the road. Because if you turn it the other way, to where the comb is attachment is is kind of perpendicular to the road, then like you said, when you slam on the brakes or the gas, the comb sways and breaks. But if you have it the other way, the attachment actually helps reinforce the comb from the centrifugal force and usually makes it work a little bit better.
1: It had seven. Uh well, I didn't see the combs, of course. After we opened it up, you could see the where the lines were, where the comb was hanging from the top, or hanging from the the bottom. That was up. That was the top. Seven combs, and yeah, uh, I would have loved to have seen just what it looked like. There was no way. I mean, I guess we could have finally turned it over, and it'd have been all right like we do a top bar but
0: uh yeah you that's when you're actually doing the removal um you would flip it back right side up which would be upside down to the bees and then open the lid and then you can see what the orientation is and you can go in there and start cutting the comb out one by one and putting them into a top bar
1: yep oh it would have been perfect i mean that would have been perfect for a top bar uh just wished i'd have known but i didn't and Next time I will. Uh, I got an extraction. We got to pull out of a water meter box, and we know those will be Africanized. Uh, Pulling them out tomorrow or Tuesday. I think maybe we're getting them Tuesday. I got to see when either I'm going to go do it or Max is going to help me. And uh, have I told you all that Max has got about a 12 or 13-day baby boy? It's going to be a beekeeper. Yes, you did. Okay. Okay. Blaze is his name. And, uh, but yeah, we got, uh, oh, everything's running good. We got Scratch Queens in two hives. Uh, One of my top bars, uh, we put a Scratch in there. We don't know if she died or they killed her. We think she must have died because she was right underneath the, the queen cage. And so we took the eggs and... Larvae out of another top bar put in there, and uh, that would be putting them to raise their her their own queen and what else have I got uh <laughs> you
0: sent me you sent me pictures of uh bees thinking about moving into one of your swarm traps uh my brother he my brother.
1: He he remembers more of my dad keeping bees. I didn't know my dad had Langstroth hives until he told me. He had two, and later in his life, when I was, you know, doing my life, and uh, so I didn't know he had bees. So he says, oh, yeah, Dad had bees, and Daddy would be out there just in his shirt and his pants and uh, no no hood, no veil, nothing, just working the bees. And I was, we're talking, you know, in the 60s and 70s and uh you know 1960 and 1970 and daddy was never one worried about getting stung and he never got stung he'd just reach up and take a wasp nest and rip it off and just throw it on the ground stomp it or yellow jackets and they never stung him he just says if you ain't scared of them they ain't gonna sting you so i don't know but uh he would just work his bees out there in his shirt sleeves and and no veil or nothing and you don't do that nowadays. No, you don't.
0: <laughs> you uh you you got um <laughs> what it was. So so you've got a swarm trap at your brothers. <laughs> I got a swarm trap at my brothers. He's going
1: to have he's got a swarm under it right now. He had he had just put swarm commander in it about an hour before and he calls me, "Yeah, I got a swarm. I got a swarm." Okay, and he sent me a picture. They're all underneath hanging on a tree. I'm sitting there, okay. Then I got to thinking. and Then he got, well, he got to telling me, well, they're they're up underneath uh, where that screen is. and I'm sitting there, oh, damn, I put a screen bottom under his, it's a eight-frame brood box with a screen bottom on it. It's set up a whole, the whole setup ready to go, except I put a screen board on it, and I wish yeah, I, I was... had no. But
0: they are yeah, moving in factored. it. <laughs> That can confuse them for sure because they, they'll find the cavity. The whole swarm will move there, and as they start going in and spreading the pheromone, saying "come this way," or even the swarm commander saying "come this way," they can smell it through that screen. So they're going to try to go up through the bottom of it, which then they can't. Um, it might take them a little while to figure out how to get around and and go up inside. But typically, whenever we do swarm traps, um, they're solid minus the opening that we have for the entrance.
1: Uh, he had he says he says. There's a steady little stream of bees going in there. I says, well, is it, are they going in there? Oh, yeah, that's just the steady stream of bees going into it. I says, well, then they found the opening. He says, oh, yeah, they found the opening. They're going in. I says, are they just marching? Yeah, they're marching in there. I says, okay, well, you're, they're going to take their time because they can smell the, the scent coming, the pheromones coming down through the screen, but they know how to get into it, and that's the main thing.
0: Well, fingers crossed they uh, move in and decide that it's good and stay. It's an eight frame
1: with seven frames in it right now, so.
0: I had uh, I had two fun little swarm adventures over this last week, and those are actually kind of rare for me because I usually don't go chase swarms um, just out of principle for time. I'll pass those off to other members of one of the local associations or, you know, people that have reached out and said something. I'll I'll tell them, hey, there's one up in North Austin or whatever, and kind of give them the information. But there was two of them. There were two of them that were actually down um, on the south part of town, kind of near where I live. So one of them was in a neighborhood, and the uh, the individuals actually knew that I did bees and stuff, so they called me. And they were like, hey, we were walking back from the community garden and like there was this massive pile of bees. They covered the entire sidewalk and we thought we would let you know because, you know, people are always walking their dogs and and running through there with strollers and things like that. And that could be very bad. And I was like, "Okay," so I got everything loaded up, drove over there and uh, it was by the time I got there. The massive pile on the ground was no longer on the ground. Most of them were back up in the tree on a low limb above the ground, above the sidewalk. But on the sidewalk itself, it, there was like a single layer of bees that were uh, maybe a foot and a half across. But it was just a single layer of bees, right? Mm-hmm. And then in the middle of that, think okay, think of it this way, actually. Think about, um, since how you know, you've know you got chickens now and, and eggs and all that fun stuff, so, so think about you're making um, eggs sunny-side up in a skillet, and you've cracked open three eggs and plopped them in there, so the whites would be the single layer of bees, but then the yolk, you've got these mounds, right? So there were three separate mounds in this flat area of bees, and they were very tight, about the size of a baseball, very tight mounds of bees, and... I was like, well, that's odd. And the only thing I could think of was if they were, if there was a queen in there. And then I was like, yeah, but they're also, that's a really tight ball. So if there is a queen in there, they're trying to kill her. And so I went to the first one and I started digging through it. And sure enough, they had a queen. And I mean, they had a hold of her and they were pulling on her, but they were also trying to bake her. They were, you know, balling up on her, trying to kill her. And I was like, oh, so. I get the first queen liberated from this little ball of of bees, and I put her into a queen cage, and I stick her in my pocket at first, and then I go to the second ball of bees, and I get it opened up, and there's a queen in there as well. They're doing the same thing to her, and I was like, well, that's weird. So I get her, and I put her in a queen cage, and I take them both over, and I put them in the arm of uh, the, the, in the door of the truck where the handhold is in the back seat. I put them in there just to put them somewhere, right? And then I walk back off. And I opened up the third little ball of bees and there was a queen in that one. And I took her out and put her over into one of the swarm boxes and then set the box down on the ground and watched. And all the bees immediately just turned and started marching and going up and going into this swarm box. (laughs) And I was like, perfect. So then I go over and I look at the swarm up in the tree. And while I'm walking up to the tree to look at it, I notice two more balls on the ground below the tree. (laughs) And sure enough, there's bees, there's queen bees in those balls as well. So that was five queens at that point. And then I am assuming there's potentially whichever queen that they do want is up in the tree with the rest of the main cluster of bees. And I was like, wow, this is this is weird. Um, and you know, by that point I had an audience, there were neighbors all over that were asking questions and taking photos and stuff. And so I went through and I opened up the, the fourth ball of bees and that queen had unsuccessfully, she didn't make it. So by the time I got to her, she was already dead. And then I went to the fifth ball of bees and I started opening it up and they were balled up around an acorn. And I was like, what are you doing? You know, and I kept digging and kept digging. Well, the queen had actually, there was an, uh, the acorn was open and the queen had actually wedged herself down inside the acorn shell to get away from the other bees. And she was like hunkered down inside there and they were balled up on the acorn itself. So I was like, all right. So I took her and got her separated out so that she was okay. And, uh, then I went up and I did a normal swarm capture for the ones in the tree. You know, I took uh, cold water Nothing in it, no pheromones, no essential oils, no sugar, definitely no sugar, just cold water. And I had a spray bottle on mist, and I misted the clump of bees until they were all nice and damp, and they would kind of congeal up on each other, and they stopped flying and kind of stopped crawling around as much. And then I knocked them down into the plastic container, put the lid on it, set it on the ground, and then opened it up just a little bit in the front. So that the bees that were still on the ground from those other two queens would then march into it. And they started coming over and going into that container. And I was like, OK, well, now we'll just sit here for a little bit and we'll let the rest of the bees figure out, you know, which container they're going to go to and get the majority of them in there. And then uh, I'll close everything up and go. And I walk back around to the pickup. And my whole inside of my door was covered in bees. (laughs) And I was like, well, crap. (laughs) So and this is not the first time I have done this. There has been so many different times that I have placed queens, either mated queens that were taken out to put into colonies or, or situations like this where I've captured a queen and I put her in a queen cage and I either stick her in the cup holder or I stick her on top of the center console or in one of the nooks of the door. And then, you know, sometimes I come back and there's one or two bees there. Sometimes I come back and there's 500 bees there. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, so the whole inside of the door is like sparsely covered in bees. And the the people standing out in the street at this point are obviously starved for attention. Um, <laughs> they ha- They don't have any entertainment, but they were like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And I was like, I'm going to drive off with the bees. And they're like, but what about the ones in the truck? And I was like. What about them? Like, I got a bee suit on. I'm just going to shut the door very gently. And I said, I'll roll up the windows and I'll go on my merry little way. And they were like, but they're going to be in the truck with you. And I'm like, right. And I have a bee suit on. (laughs) Like, I will be fine. And not only that, once the windows are up, the bees are going to go to the glass. They're not going to fly around and try to find somebody in the vehicle to sting. They're going to go to the glass and try to figure out how to get out because it messes with their UV perception Um But so I was like, it's fine, you know, so I pick up the other two containers. I put them in the pickup and then I had consultations and stuff that I had to go do. So I took off and spent the next hour and a half driving around with bees in the truck. And when I did get on the highway and I hit highway speed, I went ahead and rolled down the windows and, uh, you know, kind of let it see what was going to happen and and let them kind of dissipate. But what they ended up doing is they all just condensed down into the actual little cubby hole in the door where the queens were and they just tightened themselves up into a nice little uniform ball right there and they stayed that way whenever I was at the the two consultations and then I had to go to the hotel and check on the hotel bees and when I got to the hotel they were still like that so I went ahead and took each of the queen cages very gently out of the door and I set them up on the the railing of the truck bed and then I gently shooed all the bees up out of the cubby hole and off of the door so they'd start flying around, and then I shut the door so then they could fly over. They'll still find the queens, but they'll ball up on the queen cages, and I had the queen cages separated out so they could go through and make up their mind which queen they wanted to go to. And then I went off to check the hotel bees, and ultimately the blue hive did not make it. Mm -hmm. Um, It had died out, just entirely done and gone. And so... I went through, and I the last time, I don't know if we talked about this, but, you know, I talked about doing the requeening and doing all the other stuff. Well, the very last time that I went out there prior to this one, um, they were gone. The whole hive was empty. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do this, like, last-ditch effort because I had brought queens to requeen both of those colonies. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to do this last-ditch effort to make, like, a rush split and see if I can get them to accept this queen. And so what I did is I went through um, the, the, what are they? Cypress. I went through the Cypress hive and shook out. Literally, I found their queen, killed her, and then put the new queen cage in there with the new queen. And then I shook every single frame of bees out of the deep box because this, this is a five box colony and they are like, they're just packed with bees. So I was like, I'm shaking every single bee out of the deep box that has all of the brood in it, and I shook them over into the blue colony. Mm. Then I went up and I took the top box off, which was completely capped food stores, and I took every frame out of it and replaced them with empty frames. They were drawn comb, but they were empty from the other colony. So now I've given it an entire thing of bees from the bottom box by shaking them in there. So hopefully there's some nurse bees in there, even though the foragers are going to return back. Um, I placed their new queen in the cage down in there. And then I took, I reduced the boxes down and I took the box that I had taken out that had all of the nectar on it. And I put that on there as well. And on those frames, I just left every bee that was on there on there and just moved it all over in there and got it all set up. So I basically did just a rush split. I knew where the queen was. I dispatched her. I put new queens in both colonies and called it good. Well, that was about not quite two weeks, but almost two weeks ago. And then I go out there after doing these swarms, I go out there to check on them and the blue colony, uh, all of the bees absconded and left the colony, completely ignored the queen cage. And she ultimately died in the cage. Um, They hadn't even started on the queen candy. Like they just absolutely basically left that colony and went straight back to their original colony, which I was not expecting that and and obviously that was not my hope or i wouldn't have wasted a 35 dollar queen in there um but anyhow so i was like all right fine well so i took that cage out and now i've got you know these two swarm boxes in the back of my truck and i know that the one from the tree has the queen that they probably did accept whereas they were trying to kill all the other ones Mm -hmm. so i went ahead and took that box and dumped it into the blue colony and got it all sealed up and uh Oddly enough, all of the food that I put in there was still there. Like, they hadn't robbed it out. They just abandoned it and left, and apparently they didn't see any need to go over there and rob it out. It still had all the frames, still had liquid in them. So, uh, But I dumped that swarm in there, so now it's got a new colony in it. We'll see what happens. Um, I did tell the general manager of the hotel, though, that, like, that was the last, you know, I've, I've requeened it, attempted to. I've done a split on it. Um, and you know, so now this is the last ditch effort. And if the blue one doesn't make it, then I'm just going to remove the entire box off of the, the roof and we'll just leave the Cypress one up there. Um, cause I'm not going to keep dumping resources into it if it's just not going to, not going to go and not going to happen. So, um, back to that swarm though. So I, there, there's two scenarios that I can think of that could have possibly happened. One is, there was a colony with nothing but virgins. So say it was an after swarm. Um, they, they had a massive population and part of the population left with the original queen. And that was, you know, three or four days ago. And then the colony starts issuing out these little after swarms that are headed by virgin queens. And they then kind of get confused whenever they started to fly and they all merge together and form this one ball. But when they did... The bees then at some point made a choice as to which queen they wanted and they started turning and attacking all of the additional queens. It's either that or it was a random fluke and there were multiple swarms in the area and the pheromones got them confused and they all merged together and they didn't come from the same colonies and that's why they were attacking them. The the larger swarm was trying to eradicate these foreign queens. But those are the only two scenarios that I can think of. That doesn't mean that's actually what happened. But to find a swarm um, that had that many virgin queens in it, it could also be that the colony went to swarm and like all of the queens that were in the colony just got caught up in it and they were like, all right, let's go. And they all went. Um, But yeah, that was a a very unique situation to be digging through there and, and realizing that there's potentially six queens and all of them could potentially be virgin queens um, you know, one of them could be mated, but more than likely the rest of them are all virgin queens. And to see the colony, like the swarm itself, actually then turn around and turn on itself and start actively attacking all of the queens except for one. Like they had already made their choice based on either her pheromone smell or, you know, the the strength of the pheromones or whatever. They decided they liked this one better. And so all the other ones suddenly it was like, sorry, you're done. Um, but that was really, that was odd. Um. Uh, another swarm that I caught was, where was this one from? Uh, it was a tree. And I, I kind of, I'm not exactly sure what the, the true scenario of it was. A guy reached out and, you know, it was that typical line of, well, I'd really like to save the bees and I'd hate to have to call somebody out here to kill them. And I'm like, Whatever. Um, to me that gets annoying and old after a little while, like don't, don't use the threat of, well, they're just going to have to die unless you do something to save them to try and guilt somebody into something. (laughs) So, but I reached out back to him and I told him, I said, Hey, like there's no need to even worry about trying to spray him and kill him or anything like that, or having somebody come out and do that. If they're a swarm and they're just in a ball in the tree, they're not making a nest. They're not planning on living there. They're just resting. And they will inevitably move on. And, you know, we've had a couple of days of rain. So that might have got them caught up. And that might be why they've been stuck there for a couple of days. But now that it's a beautiful sunny day, they're probably going to go ahead and go. And I said, but you're not that far from me. And I have availability at the moment. So I will come out there and take a look at it. And he's like, "Okay." well, I get there and well, I'll leave some of these details out of here. Um, <laughs> but so anyhow, he tells me that, you know, he he's battled bees before in the house and he's constantly either having to spray them or chase them out or whatever. So while he's telling me this, I'm like, well, shit, I hope these didn't come from the house, you know, because you sprayed the colony. And this is like them absconding and they're possibly tainted and maybe don't have a queen. You know, I was like, oh, Lord. Um, but I went ahead and I, it was very easy. Like I, they were on a very small branch and I was able to trim the edges of the branch off and then reach back and grab a hold of part of the branch with one hand and use the trimmers to cut the other end of it. So I was just holding them and you know, they didn't even, didn't even lose a single bee. did the same thing with it. I did the other one. I sprayed it with cold mist water and uh, then set it down inside the box. The swarm box that I had for this one, the, the little, uh, nuke box. I had one frame in there that was uh, old drawn comb like we would use for a swarm trap. And I had it in there and then I put the branch down in there and I brought them home and I let them stay here at the house. They set out in the mudroom on top of the freezer um, for a day because we ended up having more storms roll in later that day. And that was when I was planning on going out to the farm was that evening. So they stayed in there and I actually I'll post a picture of it. But I took a picture through the slats um, of the entry, like into the box to see what they were doing. And they had all, there was some of them on the frame, but they had all balled up in the center of the lid and they were actually drawing comb on the center of the lid. And I was like, Oh, that's fun. So I went ahead and left them there for the day. And then I took them and I took them out and I opened up the lid. And as soon as I opened the lid, they immediately started to swarm. And I had a little hive and everything set up for him. So as quickly as I could, I thumped it on the ground so that it all fall in the bottom of the box, dumped them over into the other hive, put the lid on it, and then stepped back. And I'm looking at the comb that they had drawn in the center of the the box, and they do have a queen because there were eggs in every single cell, and there was just one egg right in the bottom. Yeah, already. Like, they drew the comb, and she was already laying eggs. They didn't have any time to waste. Like, they found an enclosure, and they were like, all right, we got to do this. So... I was like, all right, well, there is a queen there. So that was one concern. You know, I almost expected to see like multiple eggs because of a laying worker situation, because they potentially could have came from him spraying or killing a colony in his house that he was telling me all these stories about. And uh, I was like, "Okay, okay, well, we've got the queen. Well, then I watch and I watch them abscond, leave and swarm from the box. Not once, not twice, but like five times. (laughs) So they would swarm out of the box fly over and land, and they had picked two different trees, and they kind of kept alternating between these two trees. And luckily, both of them were about between chest and shoulder high. And so I walk over, and I'd wait until the majority of them would get clumped up on there, and I was pretty sure the queen would be there, and I'd knock them back down in the box. And then uh, I'd come over and dump them back in the hive and put the lid back on, and they would just rush right back out the front and do it again. And I'd go to the next tree, and I'd catch them again, and I'd do it again, and they'd do it again. And I was like, all right, fine. So the next time I caught them... I knocked him down in the box, and I set the box down and just sat there and stared at it. And I was looking for the queen. I was like, if I can find you, we can break this little cycle that we've got going on here. And I did that three more times before I finally found her. Like, I don't know if maybe she hadn't landed back yet or if I just wasn't seeing her, if she was being buried under there. But it was really interesting because every time I would dump him in the box, if I left him in the box, I guess there was enough of the smell in there Mm -hmm. that... They would hit the bottom in a big pile. They would immediately spread out and they would go up all the sides. And as they did, they would all start fanning in unison. And so the sound would do this weird little like you'd have the thump and then you'd have the normal and then it would like like it would escalate the sound as they all started fanning and they would spread out on the inside, like covering the whole inside of the walls of the box. Mm -hmm. And while they were doing that, obviously, I'm in there looking for the queen trying to find her. Well, I finally find her. I have one queen cage left in the truck, and I don't have any candy or anything for it. So what I did is I took that wax that they had drawn in the center of the lid, and I balled a tiny little piece up, flattened it out pretty thin, and used it to plug the end of it, but thin enough that they could chew through it in a day or so. And caught the queen, I put her in that little queen cage and put the wax over the end of it, and then stuck that down in there between two of the frames. I had also stopped by one of the other smaller Langstroth nukes, and, or not nukes, but they're a medium box. And I had stolen a frame that had uh, capped brood on one side and open larva on the other side, just in case, um, and a few eggs. Because again, I didn't know initially if this swarm had a queen or not. And I had put that in the box as well. So I put the queen and put her queen cage right up against that frame and then put all the frames back in place. And then I waited for the rest of the bees to ball up for the fifth time. And I went over... Shook them back down in the box, immediately dumped them on top of the hive. And this time I didn't put the lid on it. I just dumped them on top and watched. And they started to do that, like fan out and immediately run. And then they kind of stopped. And then they just like, they sat there for a little bit. And then they started milling around and they started going down into the frames. And I was like, aha, (laughs) like finally got you. So put the lid back on it. And I looked and, you know, there's still quite a few bees flying around in the air. But I was like, all right, well, now your queen is in here. And some of the bees stayed this time. So eventually they'll start fanning at the entrance and hopefully it will pull everybody in there. But um, I guess the the next trick will be when I go back out there to see whether or not they did stay um, or if as soon as they got the queen out of there, they said peace and took off.
1: Tell you what, we're going to see a bunch of swarms here. I mean, I got the one I got to pick up in it. You've had those two. And that's, that one sounds like the one we had in Tau last year.
0: Oh, last August, yeah. That one was a confusing mess, too. And it ended up being really big, but then we found multiple queens. Um, but it kept, like, trying to redivide too, though. So it was a, a real strange kind of scenario with it. It kept merging together and then splitting apart and... Yeah, but, I mean, sometimes that happens. I just don't know the, you know, obviously I wasn't there to see, did these all come from one colony or did they come from separate colonies? You know, I, I just saw the aftermath. I didn't get to see how it started.
1: Now, are you going to take the, the queens that you have in a cage, your queen cage, or are you going to put them in a single frame nuke oh. or double duke and try to raise them with uh, some nurse bees or you and then i can steal one of them from
0: you when i need a queen <laughs> well um i don't know how successful the whole process will be but what i did is um, i kind of left that story hanging i put them on the back of the truck and let them sort themselves out and ball up around whichever queen cage they wanted and then i took each of those queen cages and picked it up with all the bees in one clump And I put each of them into a small little mating nuke that had four frames in it for them that were already drawn and everything. So we'll see if they stay and if they take it and if their queen successfully gets mated and comes back. So there's there's lots of different scenarios there. The queen may not make it um, or they may decide not to stay and they may all abscond and leave. Or she may go out to mate and then something decides she's a tasty snack before she makes it back home. So we'll have to see how that works. But that's what I did. I took them and I put them into, after they had divided themselves out and, and I knew which ones wanted to go with which queen, I then put them into their own individual little mating nukes, which are a tiny little square box. And, uh, yeah, so that's what I did with them. So we'll see. They're actually in my backyard.
1: Shannon, do you see why we have so much fun messing with these bees? I'm still afraid to be stung. <laughs>
0: It would be real easy to uh, just go ahead and get that out of the way so then you can say, okay, I've been there, done that, know what happens, now I can move on. I've,
1: I've been stung <laughs> once. <laughs> it was not pleasant.
0: I get stung like once a day. Um, and it's not pleasant for sure. I, it doesn't I mean, it matter. for about 15, 20
1: seconds. But I got yeah, stung on it, my it, butt. I say
0: cuss words. On your butt. I <laughs> you got stung on your butt.
1: So, it kind of lingered, you know, when you're just trying to get comfortable sitting down.
0: Yeah, was that at Barton to. Springs? Yeah. It, okay.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I still, I still say four letter words every time it happens. Like it, it doesn't matter. I still, I'll get stung and and I'll cuss. And it'll be, it might just be one initial, like oh, you know, and then uh, and then I just move on because most of the time when we're doing, um, I rarely get stung when I'm doing maintenance on my own bees, it's usually when we're doing removals that we get stung and it's nine times out of 10, it's in the hands, um, through the nitrile gloves or the leather gloves, like we'll still get stung through those. Um, but you just, you, you know, you take the licks and just keep on going cause you got a job to finish. And if
1: you'd like me, you know, don't wear a hat. And, and when you bend over your veil pulls up against your chin, that's where you get stung.
0: Yeah, right in the chin. I had that happen twice, and uh, I now almost always wear a hat, so I keep the veil from falling back into my face. But, yeah, right in the cleft of the chin, man, and it felt like a nail gun because it's basically just skin and bone there. <laughs> and that that one hurt. That one hurt a lot. And then I couldn't get it out either because I was trying to scratch it out through the veil, but as soon as I moved away, the stinger was stuck in my chin, obviously, and then I couldn't get to it to get it out of there, so I got the full dose. Um, but it actually it didn't swell up. It wasn't too bad.
1: That's the bad part about me. I swell up and it takes a day and a half, two days for that to go down. And that's where it bothers me. But to get stung, it only hurts for 10 or 15 seconds. And then, so,
0: yeah, oh well. But that's just part of it. A lot of it is uh, based on your individual body chemistry at that time and then also the location that you get stung as well. So my body has like different zones. Um, If I get stung on the hands, I've been stung on the hands so many times that if I do get stung on the hands, it just turns into almost like a tiny little red blood blister that's under the skin. So it's just a red dot. It doesn't ever swell up. It might itch the next day, um, but that's about it. But on the wrists, uh, it can swell up to be between like nickel and quarter size. And uh, the rest of my body kind of will end up being just like a little pimple. It'll just be a red bump. And then if I get stung on my head, though... I've been stung on the corner of the mouth, the ear, and the eyebrow, and didn't swell up at all. But I got stung in the temple one time, and half of my head swelled up, and my eyes swelled shut. <laughs> so, so it can drastically change depending on uh, you know just your chemistry that day and how much venom got in there. Like, did you manage to get it out quick or not? Or did you accidentally inject yourself because you squeezed it and squeezed all the venom in there? You know, like there's there's lots of scenarios, but but yeah. I think we need a video...
1: Because when I get a bee, you know uh, that one bunch that I I did, and they figured out how to get in the the velcro where you pull all the screw all the zippers together right underneath your chin, and I had four or five bees get in there, and they burrowed, burrowed until they came up in the veil, and I'm sitting here beating my head, killing bees inside my suit, and I'm
0: sitting there. I bet you this would be a damn good video. So. There's always that moment where you're you're sitting there and and you know you're used to seeing bees crawl across your veil, but you're usually looking at their tummy, and then all of a sudden you see one go by and you're like, wait, did I just see its wings? That that's the wrong side of the bee. That means it's in here with me, um, and then you do have a little bit of a panic moment because it's trapped up there with your face. You know, it's like eyes, nose, mouth, and ears; those are the favorite places to go, and here they all are, just you know, secluded off for you. Um, I did see a video, though, and I don't remember. I'm sure it can be found on YouTube. I don't even remember what it was called or what it was about. But it was one of those where a gentleman, I don't know if he thought he was going to be cool or thought he was cool. (laughs) I don't know the scenario, really. Um, But it's like it's like a, a wide dirt area with a dirt road and then a field on the other side of it. And on the wide dirt area, he's got all these hives set up. And he's out there in a full suit. And it looks like it's a ventilated triple layer suit. But he either didn't have the ankles secured or he didn't have the veil fully zipped up and secured in the front, one or the other. But he goes out there and he starts tearing these hives apart. And I don't don't recall if he even used a smoker. He just started opening them up and suddenly there's bees everywhere and you see him, he's going through and all of a sudden he smacks, I don't remember if he smacked his arm or, or smacked his leg or something, right? And then uh, he kind of jerks a couple times and then he keeps going through stuff and there's more and more bees out there and then all of a sudden he like, he jerks and he spins around and then he smacks again and then he starts like flailing and just hitting himself all over and then he takes off running down the dirt road and, you know, it's one of those like, don't get too cocky. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, if you you get a little too cocky, you mistreat the bees, you don't smoke them gently, you don't treat them gently and you, you know, you're lazy and don't make sure your suits fully secured, they're going to hand it to you. <laughs> like they will. And
1: and our Texas red-headed mutts up here. Yeah, they really will
0: hand it to you. <laughs> they will. They will. There's uh I I've told this story before, I think last year, but uh, there was the gentleman that he had asked me to come out and do some consultation work with him. He needed to split his hive so that he could get to an ag exemption and then decided he was going to try his hand at a removal and accepted a job where he was cutting them out of a house and he was doing it through the outside, um, opening up the siding and the, then removing everything from there. And he just took off the first panel of siding. He was wearing tight jeans and, uh, upper jacket, upper B suit jacket, And then welding gloves, which are black, and he got that first panel off and they came out of there and just covered him and they were stinging him through the gloves. They were stinging him through the jeans. And so he took off and he made it about a mile away before they finally stopped attacking him and then called me in a panic. And he's got somebody's house halfway open, right? And he's like, what do I do? What do I do? And I said, suck it up and go finish what you started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I ain't coming. <laughs> yeah. I did. I did go out there. I told him, though, I said, if I come out here, it's like I, I get paid to do this stuff. I'm not doing it for free. So I don't know what you negotiated with them, but uh, you're going to need to call him back and renegotiate because this is how much it's going to cost. And I went out there and I helped him get it all fixed up. And in the middle of that removal... We got to a point where usually, like, there's less and less bees, and then all of a sudden there started being more and more and more and more, and they were all flying in, like, a jet fighter unison pattern. And I was like, oh, God, this is another colony somewhere that's coming to rob out this one because we've cut open all the stuff, and now the, the honey and the nectar is exposed. And so I asked him, I was like, did you walk the property and make sure everything was good, like walk around the house? And he was like, well, no. And I walked around the side of the house, and I looked, and almost in the same spot, but on the other side, there was another colony. And they were just flooding out of the house and then you know, coming around to our side and trying to rob out that, that colony. And I was like, well, now you need to call him back again and you need to tell him it's going to be double whatever you told him because now there's two. Yeah. <laughs> so it was an experience, and I'm not sure. Um, I didn't ever hear from him again after that, so I don't know if he ever did any more removals or not, <laughs> but it was a very long and painful day for him. I just texted
1: my brother asking if that bunch of bees had moved into that. That box, he says, Nope, they're still hanging underneath on the limb. Yeah, that picture I sent you, I'm sitting there. Well, then if they're still there when I get home, we'll come over, we'll mist them and wake up, uh, uh, broom them off, sweep them off into a box, and or see if they're moving in. I don't know what am I gonna need to do, mist them and just sweep them off into a box, or and then have Max there hunt for a queen, or just leave them alone,
0: see what I, happens. I don't know. That could go either way. You could leave them alone and see what happens. Because, like, if they're still interested in your box, or if they're in there, but just not all of them are in there, you could try to mist them, scoop them into a container, and then dump them into the box. Um, finding a queen, obviously, you know that be hard. that is well. It, it's not necessarily that it's hard, but it's a you don't have a lot of time when you do that. Like if you get them wet enough and have them down, and like if so if you miss the outside of them, knock them down into the container and then immediately start misting the container, you can kind of curb their, their instinct is usually the outer shell of the bees is what gets cold and wet. The inner shell is still warm and can fly. So when they hit that box and they split open, all the warm ones in the center are going to erupt outward and try to fly back up and out. So if you start misting them immediately, they'll kind of stay in a clump in the bottom of the box instead. And you can kind of finger through there and try to find the queen. But you risk when you're doing that. I mean, it is good to know that there's one there, but you also risk losing them and losing her. And they may fly up to somewhere higher and ball back up, you know. So it's usually easier to catch them and then close them up and then make sure that you don't see the queen on the branch kind of thing because you're still going to have some bees that go back up there and get up there. And there's going to be fewer of them to, to finger through and look through. Um, and then you can turn around and take the whole thing and dump it into the box, into your actual swarm box that you've got up there, and then see what happens. Because, they again, they may not stay.
1: Yep. And on this one, we put a queen excluder on the bottom, and we put a solid board, board, and have it full of frames, dump them in there, put a top on it, put an inner cover on it, put a top on it, and... The queen
0: can't get in. Then they may stay. Yeah. If she's in there, then then you may be good.
1: Yeah. Uh, and if she ain't, we caught, we'll order a queen put in there. <laughs> so one way or the other, we're going to try to catch that bunch if they're still there when I get home.
0: There you go. Well, we can uh, we can wrap this up so you can hit the road and go out there and, and get that checked out because uh, – Daylight's uh, burning. <laughs>
1: yeah, I whatever you need, we need to do. I'm good wherever it's at his house. <laughs> Those are his bees, they're not my bees. <laughs>
0: are they going to stay there with him?
1: Yeah, I'm going to leave. I, uh, he want he wants a, a swarm of bees. So I was going to let him have them. Ah, uh, okay. That's why All I right. gave him the box and everything. Oh, also I was going to ask you, do you need? Do you want another cypress box to put up on top of the hotel? I have another brood box if. You want to turn that blue colony if it, you think that paint may be making them hot? I don't know. You tell me. I've got another Cypress box, uh, though.
0: No, I don't think the paint has anything to do with it. It's the fact that it's that's the westerly most box that is on a roof that gets hot as hell, that has got glass behind it that reflects the heat down on it. Like It's just not an ideal situation for either of those up there. Um but I think the blue colony catches the brunt of it because it is on the, the that that farthest side there where there is no barrier or nothing. So but no, I mean we can I could probably use um one of the Cypress brood boxes, but as far as like it being an emergency kind of thing, no.
1: Up to you. Is it a eight frame or a ten frame?
0: It's eight. Oh, they're eight frames. Yeah,
1: it's eight frame. That's what, that's what my Cypress boxes are, all eight frame.
0: Yeah, they're eight frames. So, all right, right, will do. Well, cool. Well, there you go, everybody. You got some uh, fun little bee stories there to fill in some of the random gaps that you heard on the last episode where you were like, wait, what? What do they mean? What were they talking about? Um, and uh, hopefully everybody did enjoy the listener question episode, even though it was a bit rushed. Um, I say rushed, quote unquote, because I felt like I was rushing through them because we were trying to keep it within an hour and we still went over an hour a little bit, but, uh, anyhow, hopefully that helped some people out there and helped you listeners who actually sent in the questions and, uh, thank you for that. So we will uh, get off here and wrap everything up and we will talk to everybody next Monday, but until then you guys be good. Y'all
1: be safe and be healthy family. This Hive jive production was made possible by amazing patrons like you. And we appreciate your support. To all our Hive Jive junkies out there, you truly are the bee's knees.